And what's up, podcast people and soundtrack geniuses around the world? You're listening to The Soundcast, which is the official podcast of TrackSounds.com. And in this podcast, we talk all things film, television, and video game music. I am Christopher Coleman, and joining me for this review episode is... Kristen Romanelli of Filmscore Monthly Online. Today is Tuesday, November 7th, 2017, and this is episode 98 of the Soundcast, where we talk about Taika Waititi's Thor Ragnarok, with original score by Mark Mothersbaugh. You did that much better than Eric Woods. You can find all episodes of the Soundcast at thesoundcast.com or on iTunes. You can find it on Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and on Acast. Wherever you do listen, hey, just take a second from your listening, go to that site, and give us a quick little rating, stars, numbers, whatever they offer you. Rate us high, rate us low, rate us how you really feel. That's all we want. Give us a little review, let us know what you think of the show. It helps us make show better. You can also send your feedback if you're a little bit more uh, verbose in your comments at soundcastattractsounds.com. If you like to actually just talk and not write things, we have a speak pipe widget on our site that you can click. A little thing slides out. You click the mic. You start to record your thoughts. And then we get sent that file. And if it's good, we might put it in the show. We'll listen to it no matter what. Uh, so do that. Or if you like social media stuff, you can send us feedback on Twitter at AudioSoundCast or at Track Sounds if you're following us there or on Facebook. Well, welcome back, uh, Kristen. How are you? I am well, thank you. Awesome. Thanks for having me back. It's always great to have you on. And before we go any further, happy pre-birthday. <laughs> it's very thank interesting you. that you're born on election day tomorrow. Well, it's election day today, now. That's but, true. Uh, last year, it, it was, was election day. It was my birthday, and it was a terrible birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Don't at me. Um. <laughs> at least it wasn't like you weren't actually born on that day. You know what I no, mean? No, no, no. Because the kids who were born but, on that day, yeah, yeah, will right? have a more interesting um, life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was pretty cool growing up with a. Uh, Sometimes election day is your birthday because, you know, yeah. in the 80s, you would get election day off. Uh, oh, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Well, it was pretty cool. Well, as good for parties, good for parties, one party or the other party, whichever party you are, <laughs> um, it's good. Uh, birthday parties. Oh, not that kind of party. That party. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good for one party or the other each time, but birthday party is the best party. I want to the kind I, where I get cake. I want to vote for that party, the yes. birthday party. <laughs> I'm going to join the birthday party. That I think they can get things done. Uh, um, well, today we're going to be talking about none other than the third installment of the Thor trilogy or the Thor franchise, sub franchise of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Thor Ragnarok. And Ragnarok. if you Ragnarok, emphasis on the rock. Uh, if you're uh, a little bit unfamiliar as to what this film is about, uh, the Wikipedia, IMDb, they all have the same summary. So let me read that real quick. 
Um, in prison on the other side of the universe, the mighty Thor finds himself in a deadly gladiatorial contest that pits him against the Hulk, his former ally and fellow Avenger. Thor's quest for survival leads him in a race against time to prevent the all-powerful Hela from destroying his homeworld and the Ars- Asgardian civilization. So Thor Ragnarok was directed by Taika Waititi, stars Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston, Clay- Kate Blanchett, among others. It's doing pretty doggone well at the box office, $122 million as of earlier today. Um, it's got a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 73 on Metacritic. In terms of the score, uh, on uh, Movie Wave, uh, it was given a three-star rating. On Soundtrack Dreams, 9.7 out of 10. On Soundtrack Geek, 95.6 out of 100. So, um, fairly high marks all around. But let's start in a non-spoily spoil well when we get to the movie we'll talk non-spoilers we'll save the spoiler talk if there is any for a bonus track at the after the conclusion of the official episode just as we did for Blade Runner 2049 Before we dive into Thor Ragnarok, Kristen, what did you think of the first two Thor films and their scores? Um, I think I'm in the minority when I would always say that Thor was one of my favorite Phase One movies. Oh, okay. Um, you were I in the minority. Loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I I loved the Thor franchise from the start, um, and I really enjoyed Patrick Doyle's score. Uh, as far as the second movie, The Dark World, it made no sense to me, um, <laughs> but I really liked the work that Brian Tyler did with that. He he kind of made it very operatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like the first Thor as well. I mean, it certainly had its faults, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it. I, you know, it had it had the humor. Um, it was kind of get finding its feet, um, but I I enjoyed it, and I definitely enjoyed uh, Doyle's score. It felt very majestic and very royal. And that that was the element that I liked about his score the most, which a lot of his scores have that, you know, vibe. I don't know if it's the Shakespearean thing that he brings up, but it, it just had a very majestic feel to it, which that's not a word I can use with too many scores these days that feel mm-hmm. majestic and royal. I just, But that's the, the perfect two words for me to really, describe Doyle. It really fits with Thor's arc in that sure. movie, too, because he's like this spoiled royal prince yep. in the beginning yep. of it. And he needs to literally come down to earth yeah. and be humbled. I mean, it is very Shakespearean, the, the, mm-hmm. the first Thor. I mean, it's obviously set Absolutely. contemporary settings, but you could, you could take that story and put it into uh, some medieval or whatever... Shakespearean era you would like and it would work um, Tyler's score I really liked I listened to it before I saw the film I really I liked just how huge it was 
And now did mm-hmm. Thor Dark World come out before or after Iron Man 3? After, right? After. So it kind of Tyler had it set was... up his his vibe for the MCU with with Iron Man 3. Right. And uh, Thor The Dark World was kind of a messy production. Um, they had switched out directors. Yeah. Patty Jenkins was originally the director. Right. And Carter Burwell was originally doing the score. But then they switched up, like, the entire production team. Yeah. And they brought in Ellen Taylor and Brian Tyler. Yep. Yeah. Ellen Taylor and Brian Tyler. And, I, you know, I enjoyed the film enough. You know, it clearly didn't. Well, I shouldn't say clearly. I think I described it before as if you took those first two movies and took the best parts, the best elements of both and combined them, you'd have a really good film, a really good film. Um, (laughs) But there's just the it was strong where the other one was weak. And and so I came out feeling about the same, but for different reasons. Um, So. You know, the Thor, I think Thor, the Thor films have gotten probably the most mm, criticism in the MCU, I think, uh, of the of those that have multiple movies of their own. Um, and so... Well, Thor is such an oddball hero. It's kind of... Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a challenge. Like, how do you make this guy fit into this quasi-realistic portrayal of these superheroes, right? How do you just right, have, a, yeah. have a demigod just... Yeah, I'm a part of this too, but they kind of made it. It's plausible. You're like, okay, I, I guess I'm with, I'm along for the ride here. I guess. Um, and looking at it now, it's like, oh, that's nothing compared to Guardians of the Galaxy or mm-hmm. you know, um, Doctor Strange. We, we just accept it now. So it somehow it opened us up enough to where we could accept all these other cosmic, magicy things as well. So, let's then move into Thor Ragnarok, the third part, um, and in a non-spoilery way, what was your what was your reaction to the film? Um, well, I've I've seen it twice now, which I really I really rarely do that, mm-hmm. um, but um, my husband wanted to see it too, so I guess we have to. So, <laughs> so you didn't really want to see it again. I. It has to be a really special movie for me to see something willingly more than once in the theater. Mm. Um, what was the last but, film you saw in the movie multiple times? Titanic? Um, <laughs> You're not laughing. No. no. Um, I, it was actually Guardians of the Galaxy, I think. Oh, okay. Um, gotcha. Which, yeah. Um, but this, I thought, was really fun um it's sometimes awkward um Mm -hmm. i you can see where they tried to guardians it up Mm -hmm. a bit and at some points it's kind of forced and i i i understand that you know never mind (laughs) you were about to say something good but you censored yourself no 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 no. i i I understand with waitiki's background with flight of the concords and you know working comedy that 
he does have a propensity for that. Mm-hmm. But maybe at some points it should have been pulled in a little bit. Yeah. 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 Like sometimes it went a beat too far. Um, in the comedic realms? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But it had great world building, great sense of sci fi fantasy, um, like in a very retro way that, I mean, we're probably going to discuss in the score section. Mm hmm. It taps into that, but the sense of the movie sort of had that, you know, sci-fi fantasy 80s thing mm-hmm. happening. Um, and I enjoyed that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you, you went to see it at the same time somewhat reluctantly, but... Mm, I wouldn't say reluctantly, oh. but... You wouldn't um, have otherwise if your yeah, husband... Yeah, I wouldn't have otherwise. If someone hadn't been like hey let's see thor i really want to see it um i probably wouldn't have gone again on my own okay gotcha uh oh there's a question i had for you and it just left my brain <sighs> oh well um <laughs> yeah i really enjoyed it i had a ton of fun with it i mean probably the most fun of of any of the mcu movies mm-hmm. uh any of them? I think. I can't think of one that I had more fun in. You know, there's definitely mm-hmm. others that have lots of fun in it. But but this one just, I mean, it, it had such long stretches of comedy. You know, I mean, let's face <laughs> it, it's a comedy. This is a comedy. It It is straight up a comedy. I mean, yes. at its base, it's comedy. And it has sci-fi superhero-y elements layered on top. But it's, mm-hmm. well, yeah. And that, yeah, so... My reaction is a little mixed in, I did have so much fun, but it felt like two movies to me. It felt like the fun Planet Hulk movie, and then it mm-hmm. felt like the serious Hella movie put together. And those two things felt very um, just forced together. I d- yeah, the, the Hella stuff was a little stale to me. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it was my mythology geek going wait (laughs) (laughs) the Norse goddess of death is hell no A uh, at the end of that and is this just like an MPAA thing to like not have to say hell a bunch of times yeah I don't know but you're saying hella which makes me think of the whole you know California California. she's from California I mean she's (laughs) she's the California goddess of death yeah, but but the movie was filled with Australians and, and New Zealanders. New Zealanders. <laughs> it's it's very cosmopolitan <laughs> film. <laughs> They're just trying to be inclusive of Californians, okay? Can you just include a Californian every once in a while? <laughs> uh, well, his his code name is Point Break. That's true. See, it all it all works together. Um, yeah, I I think the the hell hella story was probably the original story they were setting up in Thor Ragnarok cuz Thor I mean Thor the Dark World I think they were setting up a much darker mm-hmm. uh direction for the series and then they hired Taika Waititi and is like yeah I get I get it I can do that but I'm going to do this <laughs> because that's who I am and I'll mesh them together some kind of way so I felt like that storyline was a little bit short changed um, I mean, I thought Kate Blanchett was fantastic. I mean, she always is, but I really, 
I really liked her in this. I mean, she just hammed it up. She just completely went <laughs> went for it without any reservation. And I was like, she did ham it up. I, 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 I just like, yeah, just have fun, Kate. It's good to see you having some fun. Um, in terms, it was like just like one long, angry Gladriel scene. Kind of, <laughs> kind of, just like the most obnoxious Galadriel ever. <laughs> it's like the dark side of Galadriel. If she ever went to the dark side, that's who she'd be. If she got that one ring. Yep. She would just went all black with antlers. Mm-hmm. It would have been awesome. <laughs> uh, but I really liked her. It was just, I felt like that side of the story really got shortchanged. Um, it kind of bookended yes. the thing, and then they kind of cut to it here and there in the middle, and it just... It just didn't. I think they could have just told that story and made it a serious, dramatic thing. It may not have been as good, but it felt like it could have been a story on its own. And then this could have been its own movie. The comedic side could have been its own thing with mm-hmm. Thor on that world, and maybe he has multiple battles, or you know what I mean. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff you could do there, um, and just made a straight comedy from start to finish. And I think mm-hmm. I would have enjoyed both of those quite a bit. In the end. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. It didn't feel like there was a whole lot of depth going on here, but maybe there is more depth as I think about the movie more than I initially thought. I kind of, it was like kind of like cotton candy. It's like I had a bunch mm-hmm. of, it was like really, well, I don't like cotton candy anymore. As a kid, I did. You have it in your <laughs> mouth and it's good and it's sweet and then it's gone, right? Mm-hmm. It just dissolves and, and you enjoyed it. And now let's go get a hamburger, you know, because it's just gone. Um, yep. So that's kind of how I felt about the film. I did appreciate them going back to the Thor and Loki yes. relationship well again. Yeah. Because Hemsworth and Hiddleston, they just bounce off they each do. other so well. They have so much chemistry. They do. And like they could play brothers forever and I well, would be entertained. As they are like, both demigods they could play brothers forever <laughs> it's, true. it's true well being somebody who has siblings like i can i can definitely feel a lot of you know that relationship that they have right the, uh, the get help thing oh yeah it's just like oh my god classic that was awesome or... it was awesome i, I was thinking yeah. about the scene i don't know why this would happen to me but i did as they were going up in that elevator, I was thinking about Attack of the Clones. And I was like, man, what if this scene was between Obi-Wan and Anakin? And it was the same thing. Like, they were going up an elevator, not to go visit Padme, but, you know, or maybe it was, a, or maybe Revenge of the Revenge of the Sith, and they're going in the elevator together. And they're trying to put those comedic bits in. I don't know if you remember those movies, <laughs> but they had those little moments in elevators together and they were trying to, at least in the sec- in the third film, they're trying to make it funny. It's like, what if they had done something just like that? Like, hey, we're going to go rescue the Emperor. Are we going to do the get help thing? No. I mean, they could have done that exact thing and it would have been hilarious. But they don't know how to write. And these guys do. So, yeah. That was a great, a great, great, great scene. Um, well, we, there's probably more we can talk about 
about the film. We'll save that for the bonus track section. Let's move to the score itself and talk about it, non-spoilery. Uh, what was your what was your action to the to the score in especially in context of the film? Um, well, for the mother's spoke mother there's mother's spoke <laughs> I don't know for his parts. Uh, this is a, th- a synth score I can definitely get behind. Mm-hmm. It's fl- fun. It's flavorful. It's devoey, mm-hmm. which is appropriate. Um, there are certain places that were spotted with pop music that I cannot get behind. Even um, though you love the music itself, right? Even though I love the music itself. Yeah. Um, uh, specifically... Uh, Led Zeppelin's Immigrant Song. Yep. Which, I mean, I love Led Zeppelin. And it was kind of cool that they used it in the trailer. Yep. Okay, but bringing it into the movie and then spotting it twice yep. into it. Yep. I mean, that is that is beating a dead horse. Yep. I wonder if, because of the reaction to the trailer, I wonder if they changed it and put that in because people loved it so much. I just wonder. Well, Here's the thing. So the way they spotted it in the beginning is exactly how the title cards were spotted for Guardians and Guardians 2 um, with uh, Come Get Your Love and Mr. Blue Sky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's a good point. Having to having to do that again with Led Zeppelin, which has no narrative context with the character Thor, yeah. other than, ha, huh, it's about Vikings. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't work yeah on a story level it doesn't work on a music level same thing with bringing it back in the end i mean i could you could make an argument for spotting in in that spot yeah maybe yeah. i still wouldn't like it but if you used it once i probably wouldn't be talking about it right now <laughs> maybe it's kind of weird if that had been the well that isn't the only and i don't know if this is spoilery or not because we're not saying exactly what happens but the mm-hmm. fact that it's because i didn't know it was in the film i was i was quite surprised so this is maybe kind of spoilery i, think I but... hinted at it at a conversation in oh, a conversation we had oh you knew yeah. already huh well, I had I had seen it before we did the Soundcast oh, Six episode. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember what you were saying. I, now I think I hinted. You at did, it. but I didn't get um, it, which is kind of good because I would have been. Yeah, it is good. I would have. Way to be vague, dis- Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> I was disappointed when it came on. To be honest, I was like, oh, because it took yeah. me out of the moment both times, completely well, also, ripped me out also, of the scene. Also, I don't know if this is spoilery. But uh, it's in the very beginning of the movie. So I'm going to consider this not a spoiler. Okay. So when you have that shot with a flaming skull with a helmet, I was just like, oh, my God, that is so fucking metal. Like, Hmm. why not have some great... You're probably going to have to bleep that. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Why not have some great Norwegian black metal? I mean, I know that is like digging deep in the well, but... I felt that would have been more appropriate than Zeppelin. Maybe I I can't 
I can't get on that bus with you, though. (laughs) I'm not saying that's the bus I'm on, but I'm saying that's a better bus than going to Zeppelin twice. Maybe. I mean, just... Because at least that genre of music goes into the mythology that this is lightly based on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, narratively, I guess I I can get with you there. Just not being a fan of that kind of music, just... Aesthetically, maybe it, maybe I'm it would have worked. Not saying go the full Dimu Borgia or anything. So you're you're already beyond me. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Never mind. <laughs> Some of our listeners probably know exactly what you're talking about, so you can continue for their sake. I just it, it would probably I can see how something super super strong, super edgy would work there because that's a pretty hardcore scene. Um, but I was sitting there, I was thinking. Oh, they used the song for the same songs the trailer. Yeah, I didn't expect yeah. them to do that instead of yeah. just really being drawn into that conflict. Uh, so, yeah, I was I was not um, a big fan of it. And as I left the theater, yeah. guess what tune was in my head? Immigrant song. Oh my gosh! Uh, un- uh, subconsciously, I was walking out yeah. and I'm starting to go. Dun, 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 dun. I'm like, wait a minute. This is not what should be in my head right now. Mm-mm. But it was. Uh, so I was disappointed with that. But hey. And it's not even on the soundtrack. So uh, <laughs> that's why I wondered if it was a late ad. You know what I mean? Like, hey, people are loving this immigrant song. Let's put it in the film. I wonder. Who knows? Oh, my God. Guys, I've, people have loved Immigrant Song for 40 years. True. That doesn't mean you need to spot it in a movie twice. It very true. Well, it's this. It's it's the Guardian's effect. Yeah. It's definitely the Guardian's effect. Um, yeah. So there's another song we'll save because that's definitely spoilery. It's not yeah. on the soundtrack. We'll talk about another song that's in the film, not on the soundtrack, that mm-hmm. I think was even a bigger faux pas in different ways. Yes. Than, um, than, than, than Immigrant Song. But I don't think it would be spoilery for us to discuss themes that were used already um, in prior films. Okay. Is that spoilery? Um, only if it, let's say, only if it like reveals something that you wouldn't otherwise know. Ah, damn it, it would. It would? But... Let's save it for the bonus track. We'll make people listen all the way through. Okay. But this one I don't think would be a spoiler. Okay. I think Harnell's The Lonely Man. When does that play? From the Hulk TV show. Yeah, when does that play? I did not hear that. It plays, I'm pretty sure it plays in the, either in the street fair or uh, sometime on Sakaar. Okay, we won't talk about what happens, but I can see where I can I can I think I know the moment you're talking about. I just didn't notice it. Yeah, I'm I'm going to have to go back and watch it. I have this like scribbled in my notes from reading the credits at the end. Oh, uh-huh. So, okay. But they definitely they definitely brought back some very 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 old Hulk. Hmm. Well, man, I love I love the lonely man theme and so I mean, yeah. they haven't yeah. used that in, since the last Hulk movie. They haven't. <laughs> they, which is a long time ago, 2008 now or something like that. Um, so, yeah. So I, I want to find... 
is it in the is it in the soundtrack anywhere? Did they include it in there? Probably not. No, no. Okay. Is okay. Uh, I have to go back. I think I want to see it again. Let me ask you this. You saw it twice. Did you get anything different out of it the second time? Or anything more? Or is it just kind of... No. Okay. Interesting. Nope. It didn't go any deeper for me, really. Um, okay. And you, so you didn't... So the second time, I was just like, wow, I really love Thor and Loki together. Uh, okay. Wow. I really love Idris Elba. Uh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> great for them for realizing that they have him in their franchise right yeah like oh yeah let's use that guy let's use that guy you know i'll say this about the score in context um because i listened to it before i saw the movie and i really quite enjoyed the score just on its own it's like sounds great but i didn't come out of it like I i listened to the score now and I'm like, I don't know when this was. If I just play tracks and don't look at the titles, I'm like, I have no idea when this track played. I have no idea when this track played. Only, the only thing oh I remember is the final, which this is in the, in the soundtrack itself. Uh, in the, if you listen to the soundtrack, you've already heard it. So it's not a spoiler. I won't say what's happening. It's just the last track, right, before the two songs. Um, mm-hmm. And the quote of Patrick Doyle's theme super dramatic moment that's the only that's the only part i can name and it's probably because i'm familiar with the theme so much but it's the only theme or part i can say oh yeah that's at this point in the film out of that whole soundtrack uh is there how did how did you come out of that film can you identify music from oh that's music it's not like tron legacy where it's like i hear that song i mean even right after seeing it's like oh that was the arena that was this or that was that this is like oh what is this i have no idea no i can identify broad themes um like the the broad thor ragnarok theme Mm -hmm. i can you know identify that i can get that in my head but do you know when like what scene like oh this is that scene or this is the this the chase scene or you know what i mean Uh, I can get them in my head for certain parts, but they are um, cues written by other people. Oh, okay. That's that needs embellishing, but later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like. I'm trying to phrase this in a not spoiler way. Yeah. So. It's a really great tease for the bonus track section. That I yeah. like. People are going to be like, ah, skip this. I'll just skip to the bonus track section right now. Yeah. <laughs> but don't do that. <laughs> Listen to everything. Um, yeah, but that was that part I'm disappointed with, whether I should be disappointed with myself or I should be disappointed with the score or the use of the score. I don't know. But I can't name, I can't identify almost any of the music in terms of when it happened in the movie. But I listen to the music. I'm like, this is cool. That sounds cool. Oh, I like that. Um, I, I just can't connect it to anything, which I, I don't know if I should be able to do that. But I feel like I should be able to call out a couple things, well, you know. The album is very scattered to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that is that makes things more difficult. Um Yeah. Well, let's talk about but, that a little bit, about the soundtrack yeah. release itself. It's long. I mean, it's a lot it of tracks, lots of tracks. 
Um, yep. I love the suite that opens it. It's kind of like getting the end credit titles first, uh, yeah. which I, I like. Um, and so I thought that set up the whole score pretty well. It's like 8 minutes, 53 seconds. So that's great. Love getting those long pieces. Um, and there's how many tracks? 23 track tracks. Yep, it's an hour and 13 minutes. Yeah, that's a good that's a good release. That is a, that good, a good solid release. release. Um, and they're not just one minute and five seconds, one minute and ten. You've got some four-minuters, some six-minuters. Most of them are probably below four minutes, but, you know, you have, mm-hmm. you have some longer pieces in there. And sweets are always the best. I just, I just love them. Mm-hmm. Um, did you listen to the soundtrack before you saw the film? No. Oh, no, didn't. I didn't. Do you typically um, not do that? No, typically I listen to it before I go to the film, make notes, and then listen to it again with my notes. Uh-huh. But what happened was uh, the screening that I saw, it was in October. <laughs> so um, it was before there was a promo oh, available. I see. So I saw the film first. Okay. Um, and what do you think that then, did to your perception of the score? Um, I think think it made me focus on the familiar so Mm. it made me more prone to pick out uh the pre-existing themes Mm -hmm. um from the other thor movies um and avenger movies Mm. and less so on the new material Mm um which is i don't know i feel like it's I feel like I'm being unfair to it because I did really, really enjoy uh, Mother's Mother's Spa's Mother's Spa's work, <laughs> Devo's work. <laughs> Wait, you're being unfair to it? How? No, no, it's just that I, I, I feel like that contributed to me not being able to like fully place his music hmm because you saw the movie first because i didn't have you know his music in my head going in oh right but see i did and i still can't place it and you've seen it twice Right. I have seen it you twice. Listen, you watched it, then listened to it, then watched it again. Watch, listen, watch, yeah. listen. <laughs> and I listened to it several times, then went to see the film, and then coming out, I'm like, mm, I And then I listened to the score, and I'm like, I don't know when that happened. I don't know what I'm listening to now. Um, I, and I don't know how I don't know how to interpret that as are the because the tracks are distinctive, but somehow they. I don't know if it's not because there's not a, because there's not enough thematic material. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it it's distinctive. But I maybe you have to listen to it more. Maybe, maybe that that <laughs> could very well be true. But still, I'm thinking after as many times as I have listened to it and seeing the film, I should listen to it now and be able to be like, oh, that's this. But mm-hmm. no. Yeah, I feel like I haven't. I've only listened to it a couple times, hmm. so. And I'm surprised it's not getting more buzz by the non-score people because it is it is so synthy and, you know, it's so retro. And I would think that people would be gobbling that up. And I feel like unless people are, like, on a real Stranger Things kick, they might not. 
I think people are, though. People flip over that Stranger Things score. (laughs) They love it. And it's like, okay, it's good. It's fine. Oh, my God. This is an arpeggiator. Yeah, but it's just that vibe. People really, really love it. And so I've been expecting more, um, seeing more about it. There is the article uh, on Screen Rant um, Mm. that does pose the question, um, does Mark Mothersbaugh's score break the supposed, my word, supposed Marvel soundtrack curse? Basically saying that this is a, you know, it's a fresh uh, score, fresh sound, and it actually has something distinctive to it that apparently has never happened before in a, in a Marvel score, which I would <laughs> contend with at its base. Um, I think you and I would both contend with that at its base. Because <laughs> uh, I think I don't think there's any curse there. Yeah, maybe they're a little, maybe not as memorable as a lot of other things. And we had this conversation 8 million times before, at least me and Eric <laughs> have. And I think you've probably been in on some of those. Um, but it's simply because they don't, they're not. And this, I guess this one actually pulls in themes more than maybe almost any other uh, MCU score has done. It doesn't use them a lot, but it does r- reference them. Um, I felt like it did use them a lot. This one does have much more continuity of theme uh, than the other movies. Um, hmm. But which I know you have a nice list. I do have a list, and that is for the the second portion. Keep listening, people. Oh, okay, uh, <laughs> egging them along. I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't know what they mean about a curse. I mean. Yeah, it's the curse is that they're not they haven't been consistent. That's the curse. Self yeah. self-imposed curse, right? You know, ages ago when when Brian Brian Tyler did Thor the Dark World, I think I think you and I both had said like, "Oh wow, maybe this means there'll be some consistency yeah. across the MCU yeah. for its scores and he's done a logo and yeah, yeah and then Nah. <laughs> <laughs> that was their phase two phase, and then that was yeah. over. So you got to get a new logo theme. You got to, you know, you, and you bring in a new composer to compose the majority of your scores. Michael Giacchino. Use this logo twice and then go in a different direction. Yeah, very just <laughs> bizarre. Very uh, just bizarre. Um, yeah, but, you know, I can't say that I'm disappointed in the direction they've gone. I mean, I, I liked Brian Tyler's scores. I liked his logo music. Yeah. Now they've gone um, in a different direction, uh, especially with this score. And I can't say I, uh, I, I regret it outside of I, sh- I would like there to be more consistency across the MCU musically. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, for whatever reasons, they made the choices that they made. Hey, well, we'll see what Sylvester does, right? Sylvester? Sylvester. Oh, Sylvester. I'm like, Sylvester? I'm like, who? <laughs> uh, yes. Well, I kind of think I know what Sylvester's going to do. <laughs> and I think we'll have a great Avengers theme again. And good good music, too, outside of that. But I think we're, we're just going to get a really good reprise of <laughs> the Avengers theme. Um <laughs> That's my expectation, but we'll see. I, I hope he surprises me. 
because this is the big this is it right it, this is the big one and he's this is the these are the big two the big two right part one and two yeah yeah so this has to be the grand poobah of all of the mcu scores it just has to be yeah infinity wars i mean and he's gotta pull in dr strange's theme he has to he's gotta pull in spider-man he's gotta pull in all he he you can't not well, do it we'll see the first avengers he really only pulled captain in america captain which America's is what he theme. wrote so but if we'll mother's bio can do Although, it sylvester can Ultron, do it age of ultron brought in brian tyler's iron man theme. that's true so. that's true it did and that was on a track that Elfman did. So Oh, that's weird. That's awkward. Um Well, yeah, so he has to. If 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 they don't do it for Infinity Wars one and one and two, that'll be the biggest missed opportunity of this whole entire MCU. If yeah. if they abandon all of those themes I'll, I think they will. You think they will abandon them? I think they will. <sighs> Why? Because they abandoned them once, they abandoned them twice. They'll do it again. But you just this said is the first. This is the first time it, that they have brought back the Patrick Doyle theme. Oh, oops! Spoilers. Sorry. No, no. That's been that's been talked. Well, yeah, it's been talked about. I talked about it on Twitter long ago when it first came out. Yeah. But I guess it's kind of spoilery. And I mentioned it earlier in this anyway. So, yeah, it is the first time. It is the first time. Um, and you're going to go through your whole list of goodies, uh, of musical Easter eggs that were in there later. But I'm like, yep. you you just, I mean, if they're just paying attention even a tiny little bit to the, the, the fans, you see how much hubbub is going on about Justice League and what Danny Elfman's doing. You know, people are going nuts that he's bringing back these old themes. I mean, bring these themes back if you want them to be something that that last beyond the lifespan of the, or last beyond the credit sequence of the film and you walk out, if you want those things to stay around, use them. And they should force him to use them. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are you going to have, Doctor Strange come in to some new theme that you never heard before? Well, well, we'll leave that to spoilers. Okay. Oh, okay. I, th- I think I know where you're gonna go because I, ha- I was gonna ask a question about that, but I <laughs> decided not to right now. Um, but you've got Spider-Man. You've got to. You just have to. It's it's just right there on a p- silver plate, silver plate, silver platter for you. Mm-hmm. And you just have to. If they don't, I'll be really upset. But it won't be the first time I was upset. So um, before we finish out the official part of this. Uh, episode and then get into the bonus track um and we're just going to try to rank this thing ourselves this this new thor new thor score i did a little poll a few days ago asking uh, people who follow uh, at track sounds on twitter uh what where the what their favorite mcu score from phase three is thus far i guess this is the last is this the last film in phase three is Black Panther Phase 3? I think it is. It is. Okay, so we're not quite through. Phase 3 doesn't close out until Infinity Wars. Really? Oh, yeah, I guess. I think so. Wow, yeah. Phase 3 is huge then. It's going to be the biggest phase. These things always take a couple of years. So. But Phase 3 started with... Ant-Man, right? 
Ant-Man? I guess so. And that was like two years ago? It wasn't last year. No, it wasn't. So this is a this is a long face. Feels like a long face. Anyway, so I asked what the favorite score so far in phase three is. The choices were Thor Ragnarok, Spider-Man Homecoming, Doctor Strange, and Civil War or Guardians 2, because you can only do four options in a Twitter poll. So I thought Civil War and Guardians 2 would probably have the least amount of votes. I just took a guess. So I combined them and then said, hey, if you pick option four, just reply with the one that you wanted to pick. So um, the winner, and I was absolutely right about that. Um, the So Thor Ragnarok got 20% of the vote. Spider-Man Homecoming got 39% of the vote. Doctor Strange got 31%. And Civil War or Guardians 2 got 10%. So Spider-Man Homecoming was a pretty uh, easy winner there at 39%. Um, and so I was a bit surprised by that. I thought Thor Ragnarok would win. Um, one, because pretty interesting score two it's the freshest on everyone's mind so i thought you know oh yeah everyone's going to be loving it because i just had that experience of seeing the film but no spider-man homecoming beat it by a good 19 percent uh so that was surprising to me so with that thought in your mind where does this score thor ragnarok by mark mothersbaugh rank for you um in the mcu hmm um, or well, or in the Thor trilogy of the three, let's start there. <laughs> well, well, first of all, um, I'm going to rescind what I said before. Oh. Ant Man is the end of Phase Two. Okay. And Civil War was the beginning of Phase Three. Civil War was, huh? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. So where's this rank in the Thors? Um. That's really tough. It is. It is very tough. I can tell you my answer. It's a three-way tie. <laughs> I like them all, I mean, but for I all different reasons. Do, yeah, I guess I would do one, two, three, but they're, they are three very different scores, yep. despite what we're going to talk about later. <laughs> so you would rank them as they were released? I guess so, yeah. Okay. I mean, if I have to. Yeah. Because I think they, I think they offer three very different yet good reads on this character and what his arc has been yeah you know i it's hard i think because this is for me it's easily the best movie of the three or the movie i enjoyed the most so that kind of gives the score a little bit of extra edge but i think mm -hmm. if both either or both of the first of the first two thor movies had been better I would lean towards either one of those in terms of the score, which isn't really fair. I would fair. still do one, three, two if I was ranking the movies. Hmm. Wow, you like the, the first the, one better than the, than yeah, all of them. I I I do. Um, the awkwardness and the humor in this kind of pulled me out of it hmm. at points. So, I mean, as much fun as it was, there are just certain parts that were just like really painful just to like sit through <laughs> <laughs> okay well where does where does this thor score rank within the whole mcu for you if that's possible to do because there's what 35 films i've lost track now god there's there are too many films <laughs> in this is like, it would you say it's in the upper half or the I lower half say it would be in the upper third upper third okay yeah all right yeah that's 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 pretty fair it's up there for me it 
it's hard because of what I've been explaining. I like the music quite a bit, but because I can't remember anything when I listen to it, like, hmm, either the th scenes weren't very memorable or the music wasn't a good match for those scenes or something's wrong there. Mm. Um, but yeah, I like the music. I feel music. like I need to take another, a closer listen with my notes in order to like get a better handle on it mm -hmm. because admittedly, you know, I've had other stuff going on, so yeah, you know, sure. But yeah, but upper third—that's that's not bad. That's not upper bad. Upper third is not bad. Yeah, yeah. If I had to pick a specific slot, I'd have to see all the scores. But I would say for me, it's it's in the upper third too. Um, yeah, it's in like, the originality I'm, standpoint, it's way up there. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, way way well, up there. Any originality, uh, incorporation of existing material. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. What's bringing it? the sound of you know a new setting into it, mm -hmm. um, like a setting that was established in a different movie. Mm -hmm. I feel, mm -hmm. um, and I, I feel like this is such a different style than the prior movies. Yeah. Like, None of them did like something that is like so analog, synthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like not even Guardians did that. And yep. Well, we can look forward to that in Guardians yeah. Three. <laughs> I f I feel like I feel like if you take th the neo synth scores that have recently come out, so. Blade Runner mm -hmm. versus this. I feel like this is the way to do a neo synth score and have it be interesting. Yeah, but you can't do this for Blade Runner. No, 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 no. I'm not saying do this for Blade Runner, but I'm saying, you know, as a listening experience. Oh, okay. Something that's like interesting to listen to. Yeah, I, I guess so. I, you know, I'm still, I'm still in. I still call the Blade Runner score, to 2049 score, a very effective score. I haven't listened to it in the last few days, but I do listen to it on occasion, and I would listen to it more had I gotten the CD I ordered like a year ago. I can't remember now, but <laughs> it hasn't even shipped yet, and the movie's not like even in the theaters anymore. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. really? Can you not send me? The CD I bought a long time ago. Get on it, CD people. Yep. At least that. See, that's the good thing about doing. You get the digital download when you buy the physical. You know, because mm -hmm. otherwise I'd have nothing. And I guess it's on Spotify. And I guess it's been released elsewhere already. But still, um, yeah, I'm I'm still pro Blade Runner 2049 score, and I'm definitely pro this too. Uh, but I certainly can identify when I hear tracks from Blade Runner 2049 where they occurred within the film, even though mm -hmm. they're less lyrical and less, you know, less of lots of stuff. Um, yeah, I guess that's not fair. I mean, you want to compare like a John Carpenter score against a Craig Saffin score. So that yeah. was not, that was not fair to, of me. Only, so. only a really old <laughs> soundtrack person would make that comparison. <laughs> Oh, man, my birthday's not till tomorrow, man. <laughs> well, well, we round up at this point in time. It, <laughs> you've crossed the threshold. 
Um, okay, well, I think that's going to wrap up the official part of episode 98 of the Soundcast. If you're caring about our thoughts, spoilery thoughts about the film and Kristen's list of, of thematic Easter eggs found in Thor Ragnarok, you're going to want to stay tuned for our bonus track segment after the official close. But to officially close us, Kristen, how can people find and follow you online? <laughs> the easiest way to find me is on Twitter. My handle is KB for now, K-B-F-O-R-N-O-W. And you can find Film Score Monthly online at fsmonlinemag.com. Also on Twitter, fsmonlinemag. We have the... Su- <laughs> September. We have the November issue coming out soon. So keep an eye out for that. Um, so you can uh, follow the Soundcast on Twitter at Audio Soundcast or use our email address, soundcast at tracksounds.com. If you'd like to follow all the soundtracky stuff that uh, like to tweet, you can do so on Twitter at tracksounds. We also are on Facebook too. Um, and if you want to fi- follow me personally at for some strange reason, you can do that at C. Coleman on Twitter. So that is going to wrap up the official portion of this episode of the Soundcast. Uh, so until our next official episode, we want to tell you to... Um, don't be New Duck. Um, All right, let's get into our bonus track. Spoiler talk for the film and the score. Uh, All things are open to be discussed now. Let's start with your list from the the score. What what are the themes and motifs you found referenced? Um, This is um, a growing list. It is very um, preliminary, I suppose. Okay. Um, You think there's more? I think there's more. Okay. Um, I heard uh, you and I were talking a little bit about um, a couple other possibilities before we started recording this, and I, we haven't confirmed anything. Mm-hmm. So there, there might be more. Okay. Were you going to say something else? I was, but I'll wait till you do your list. All right. So. You, so you sound hesitant. From, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just trying to find like what order to do this in. Oh. But um, so themes from Patrick Doyle's Thor and Brian Tyler's Thor: The Dark World and Avengers: Age of Ultron came into play in Thor: Ragnarok. Where was Age um, of Ultron? I will get to it. Okay. <laughs> Are you just giving us the so, summary first? Now you're yep, going to dive into I'm giving into you a summary. It. Okay. I'm giving you a summary. Um, now, for Patrick Doyle, the Sons of Odin slash Thor theme, that was all over the place, mm-hmm. um, as far as I could hear. But also, I think this is a question mark. I have to go back uh, to check on it. But the Earth to Asgard uh, oh. music, I'm pretty sure I heard that. Hmm coming into play as well um but speaking of asgard the asgard music written by brian tyler 
was used in Thor Ragnarok. Really? Where? Um, as um, they, as um, Thor initially comes back to Asgard after defeating uh, oh, Flame and Skull. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I did not catch that. And that goes into the use of a parody version of Brian Tyler's Into Eternity yeah. for Loki's quote-unquote death in a play version of his quote-unquote death. Yes. <laughs> so Someone um, pointed that out on Twitter. I think it was at Go Soundtracks who pointed that oh, out. Really? Oh, yep. cool. And I was like, I, oh, because I asked. It was like, I still didn't hear any Brian Tyler music in there really? after seeing it. And oh, then wow. He, then he tweeted out, oh, I think it was this. I'm like, oh, okay. I totally oh, those, missed it. Those two uses were so blatant to me. Um, and I actually really loved it. I was like, oh, my God, that that's the coolest little Easter egg. <laughs> that I mean, well, that whole scene is like packed full of goodies yeah um including cameo uh you know on that cameo it really took me out of the movie did it it did because it was like it was like "Mm, that's matt damon well here's the thing i didn't realize that until the second time i saw oh really and wow like I should feel bad because I'm from Boston. <laughs> yeah, you should. Don't tell anyone or they will kick me out. That's why I'm hiding so in you're new in right sure. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's Matt Damon. And so it doesn't so it doesn't feel like, oh cool, Matt Damon is in this film doing uh, playing a part. I can't it's just like, oh no, Matt Damon, literally Matt Damon is in this film. You know what I mean? Just like he was in Interstellar, spoiler alert. It's like, oh, Matt Damon's in this film? And I'm so distracted by it being Matt Damon that it just completely takes me out. And it's like... He's kind of like the random cameo guy. Like his he, cameo in Eurotrip. I didn't see that. But he's he's too... Oh. He, he, he's too famous. He's too famous for that. To where... Yeah, but he had, he had like a big beard on. Um, huh? huh? Who had a big beard on? Never mind. <laughs> You're losing me. In what movie? This movie? Yeah. He didn't have a beard on this movie. He was Loki. Yeah. But he wasn't wearing a beard. Maybe on his head. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, that was completely a, a, a divergent, but... It was very distracting yeah. to me, and I kind of kind of didn't like it because it was just it was so weird. It was just so so weird. And whoever played Odin is someone too, but I can't remember who it was now. That was also a cameo by somebody. Not the not the Odin not not the not the real Odin. I mean the fake play real Odin. Odin. Yeah, the playwright, the play Odin, was somebody. I don't remember who it was now. But it was somebody. So I don't know who was telling me about that. Uh, I'll look it up later. But yeah, it was somebody. I don't, it wasn't like a Matt Damon type person, but it was it was another, I guess, known actor. Anyway, more, more, more Easter egg sound Easter eggs. Oh wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Duh, Sam Neill. 
Yes, that's who it was, <laughs> Sam Neill, which I had completely did not know, had no idea who it was. And Luke Hemsworth played Thor. Really? Yeah. Did not know that one. See, that's cool. He see, definitely had a see, beard. That I like. That I like finding out this way, not like, oh my gosh, that's Matt Damon, and you just so blatant in your face. It's like, oh, I like knowing. Oh, Sam Neill, great. Had no idea. Yeah, Sam Neill. Shout out to Justin Craig. Why? He likes Sam Neill or something? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Sam Neill and Michael Giacchino. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Had no idea. But I like that kind of cameo where it's not so weird. Um, okay, so you've named the you've named the Doyle stuff. Oh. You've named the Tyler oh, stuff. Oh, I'm not done. You're not done with the Tyler stuff or the Doyle stuff? <laughs> I'm not done with the Tyler stuff. Okay. <laughs> so... Um, the Dark World title music is in there, not the part that we had discussed before, but some of the uh, beginning theme. Like the dun 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 That? Yeah. Yeah, that's in there? Yeah. Where? I didn't hear any of this. Don't make me go further into my notes. Because my handwriting is really bad. Oh, it's kind of hard to write in the dark. It is. It really is. Um, and um, finally, breaking and entering from uh, Age of Ultron, when uh, Nat is doing, hey, big guy, the sun is getting real low. Oh, yeah, that's right. So yes. That shows up in the arena. In when, the arena? Uh, Thor attempts to do oh, the same right. thing. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't it also play when he sees the video of Nat? Uh, I think part of when he is in the jet plays, but I'm going to have to confirm that. Mm, okay. So you have to see it a third time, in other words. Probably. <laughs> so you really love this film. You just don't want to admit it. Uh, I think I think I love it on a musical level. Mm, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Because this is really the first time they have like incorporated so much external thematic material into mm-hmm. the score. Yeah, um, and still have it make sense. Like they don't take themes out of context. Yeah. And just slap them on something else. Like if they slapped the Asgard theme over Sakar, that wouldn't have made any narrative sense to me, and I would be angry right now. <laughs> but, and Sakar was the big, big, big dude. No, Sakar is the. Oh, that's um, the junk planet. That's the junk planet. Yeah, no, that wouldn't have made sense. No. That's that's Planet Hulk. Right. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, I would have been like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't have made any sense. I, I still wish someone would bring back um, Craig Armstrong's Hulk theme. That would have been awesome. Oh, yeah. That would have been awesome yeah. for him to come out of that gate with that theme. That would have just been fantastic. But no. Although, although uh, other themes, um, there were bits of James Horner's danger motif huh? in Asgard is a People. <laughs> what? Yeah. Come on. Listen to- Listen to Asgard as a people. You'll hear little bits and you'll be like, oh my God, James Horner. But no, that's not really James Horner. It's really, you know. It's just accidental, though. Classical. 
But classical? What do you mean? His his motif is actually the beginning of um, oh god Rachmaninoff Symphony One. Oh right, I've heard that before. Okay. Yeah. Maybe he was making a little homage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially since you know that was sort of a space battle thing that he used in Wrath of Khan, and this was sort of an alien battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. I'm not saying it was a direct homage or anything. Yeah. No, that would be nice if he if it was. It's kind of like a little. That sounds like James Horner. Yeah. Oh, James Horner. This <laughs> James Horner. Yeah. 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 Okay. Did not pick up on that one either. <laughs> See that the score just wasn't very memorable in context for me, which is sad. It's not. That's not what it's supposed to be like. Um. More. That's- um, that is all I have at the moment. At the moment. Stay um, tuned for more, I guess. Yeah, I, I need to go back, give it a closer listen with my notes, maybe see it again. But um, I thought this was like really, really richly assembled. With the exception of the Double Immigrant song. Yes. And do you want to talk about the next thing? Yep. Pure Imagination. Pure imagination. That should not have been in this film. There is zero context for Thor to know that or have any experience of that. There is zero context for the Grand Master to have any narrative knowledge of that or any use of that or for them to have it in that weird tunnel thing. And also, that is not the music that was used in the tunnel in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. So, it is a complete non sequitur. And and I took that as diegetic music, right? He's hearing that. It's not the... We're not hearing it. He's hearing it. Yeah. Yeah. It would be even... More of a non sequitur if it was supposed to be non diegetic. Yes. I mean. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> it it re- that was another moment that completely took me out of the movie. I'm like, what? How? I mean, I guess it's possible. I mean, they've already been to Earth. They, they know that Earth exists, and so there is some. Now, had the Grandmaster been like some collect a collector of broadway musical music or something you know if they established some kind of something they're like okay but i mean we hadn't met the grandmaster yet He's but they could have huge gene wilder fan <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah there could have been something but they just threw it in there and it's like no i mean immediately as soon as it started playing it's like wait a minute this is pure imagination why is this playing in some planet on what plane of existence who knows it doesn't seem to be the taste of the Grandmaster, seeing as he's in Space Devo. Very true. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, I thought that was a, a big miss. Um, tonally, it, I guess it fit, I guess, for the, the comedic the comedic tone, but it didn't fit in any other way. Um, so I, I did not. I was very, very mm, just bothered by it. Yeah, that was that was definitely bothersome. Someone else, I can't remember who is at the top of my head. Someone else on Twitter was bothered by the uh, my, my favorite character Korg, um, voiced by Taika Waititi, um, mm-hmm. making the paper rock scissors reference. Oh, 
Hey, mate. Yeah. <laughs> they, they didn't feel like that was right either. That that was completely, you know. Uh, and I'm I like, can, yeah. I can let that go. That's that's kind of. It was hilarious. Light. I mean, yeah. I, and I did think like, also, well, how would you know about that? But I didn't care because it was so funny. Also, I really liked. I don't know if this was on purpose, but he goes, "Hey, over here! I'm a pile. I'm a pile of rocks. I'm a thing." And I was like, "Oh my god! Oh, thing, I'm a thing. Fantastic Four! Nice! I did not catch that one. That's good." <laughs> I was like, "They finally got Fantastic Four <laughs> into the MCU." Very, very sneaky. Somehow. Very sneaky. He was my favorite character. Oh man, that guy was hilarious. I felt like there could have been some careful editing on some of his dialogue, like at the very end, but the whole, you know, we can rebuild, this will become a haven for all aliens. I felt that could have been cut and wouldn't have lost anything. Mm, yeah. Um, but I I just love him as being like a revolutionary yeah. in... Yeah. <laughs> Didn't print enough pamphlets. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm watching this with... Um, my, my husband is a, a union organizer. Uh. So he, I'm just like, oh my God, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, that's good. And, I, you know, I could just see a whole film with, you know, if that Planet Hulk part had been its own film and just having mm. more of more of Korg would have just been so awesome. I'm glad he didn't die. Yes. I was I was yes. thinking, uh, they've gotta make this they gotta make something hurt, but there was no stakes in this movie. As as huge as the ending is with the destruction of an entire planet, I felt nothing. I was like, Oh, well, there goes the planet. Because I'm like, so you got every single Asgardian onto your ship? That's not well, that I mean, big Heimdall of a ship. I mean, was working to gather everyone anyway. But so. the whole planet on one ship. It was more like a disc. What was more like a disc? Asgard? Asgard. Oh, that's true. It's flat. But still, yeah. you got the whole it's like, disc it's like, of people. It's like a little floating city. Uh, it's pretty big. And that spaceship's and not that big. Presumably some people died. Well, they sure didn't make it feel like anyone died. Eh. They just kind of like, like, we got who we got. Let's go. I mean, the important Asgardians lived. Say say that again. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Oh God, <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. All I heard was Asgardian lived. All the good Asgardians lived. I said the important. Oh, the important <laughs> ones. It was just like I just kept thinking, is that all the Asgardians in one little ship? I just kind of didn't buy that and and i didn't feel for any of them i'm like oh well your whole planet just blew up and i didn't care i mean it was spectacular but i didn't i didn't it didn't feel like even thor felt any loss it's just kind of like as he makes that statement it has that revelation that oh it's not a place it's people it's a people well yeah but um some people are connected to their homes <laughs> and when they lose their home it's a yep. sad thing. Yep. Uh, uh, I don't know. I sort of felt it. It did uh, to a refugee. Oh yeah. Analogy of sure. A bit. Um, but it's like telling them, "Don't worry about leaving your land, because you're mm -hmm. you're the you are the land. You're the you're 
that place. Yeah, I can see how that's problematic. Yeah. Uh, Don't worry, that has been shattered by a hell beast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, you know, you're, you're that place. So get on the ship and just wander around space. <laughs> it's the same. It's going to be the same. But now, one, do you think Hela or Hell is really dead? She can't be dead. Right? Because isn't that who Thanos is like after? Isn't that who Thanos is wanting to impress? Is it? I thought. I thought that was the arc, is that he's trying to do all of this to impress uh, her. Oh. I thought. I thought that was the story they were they were setting up. I, I have no idea about that. Hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it'll be a waste if if she's just gone. I mean, that's kind of what the Thor movies do, though. They have disposable villains. Yeah, but time. I mean, except for Loki, Natch. Yeah, and she's the same. She's just as powerful as, if not more powerful than Thor. So why? I mean, keep her around. Bring her back into Infinity Wars. You know, it would make sense have her and Thanos and I don't know who else will be on the baddies team, but um, yeah. Well, it does raise the question, can you kill the goddess of death? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it did look like she got disintegrated. <laughs> so it's like, oh. True. But it, I did not think she was going to die. I, I was just sure. But you know, sure. it kind of looked like Loki died in Dark World. That's true. In a more in a more traditional didn't. way. Yeah. But we didn't see him get disintegrated. Yeah, that's true. Maybe that's how Asgardians die. They disintegrate. It seems to be. That's how well, Odin died. So Loki isn't Asgardian. Oh, really. that's true. He's a frost thing giant. Yeah. That's very true. But yeah, Odin just dissolved into nothing. So I guess that is how they die. This little baby icicle. <laughs> <laughs> he just melts. <laughs> slowly over the millennia <laughs> he like does a reverse group <laughs> by the end he's just a little animated icicle <laughs> that would be pretty awesome and they'd sell a gazillion toys <laughs> um so anything else to talk about about this film or score spoiler wise uh if you guys ever wondered what hulk's butt looks like you'll find out <laughs> yes I'm glad that's all they showed because I did. I was like, "How far are you guys going to go?" Because this this was a little. It was a little more violent than I thought it was going to be. I mean, it wasn't bloody or gory. Hmm? I said burned in Thor's mind. Yes, but I mean, like dudes getting impaled, and I was like, "Wow, it's pretty. It's pretty surprisingly violent." Um, yeah. Not yeah. not bloody, but violent. Um, yeah, and here you have, you know, Hulk has presumably killed a whole bunch of people over however amount of time yeah. has passed for him on this planet where time is wonky. Yeah. And, I mean, Banner doesn't know any of that, but... Right, right. Poor Hulk. <laughs> Hulk always Hulk. <laughs> he was great, though. I did I did love him in, in the film. He was... He, and I don't know why oh, people yeah. say that was a great, why there can't great be a Hulk movie. This is why they can't make a Hulk movie. Of course they could. I mean, they made yeah. one, and I liked it. So I, I, I 
gris, I gristle at that, if that's a thing that a person can do. Um, whenever I hear someone say that, oh, this is why you can't make a Hulk movie. It's like, you can. They did. And it was fine. Twice. Well, the, well, <laughs> well the first fine once. Yeah, the first one was <laughs> horrid. But you could so easily make a Hulk film. Um, especially even if the Hulk is in it most of the time. As long as you have good characters around them. Um, did Valkyrie have a theme? I don't know if that was her name, but that's what I'm calling her. She didn't have a name other than Scrapper, whatever number it was, and then you're a Valkyrie. Um, so yeah. she's just really referred to as Valkyrie. Okay. I don't know if she's uh, a real comic book character, too. Yeah, she is. She's, okay. Um, this has nothing to do with the Ragnarok storyline in the comic books, by the way, people. Just like Civil War had little to do oh, with right. the comic book Civil War. Yeah. In the comic books, Ragnarok is the clone of Thor. Oh. Um, yeah. So that is very Clone? Different. Come yeah. on. <laughs> so they do cloning in Asgard or someone else clones him? Uh, he's cloned during Civil War. Um, so Weird. Yeah. Now someone said he's... there is a Beta Ray Bill Easter egg or reference in this film. Is there? That's what I heard. I don't have any idea where, when, how, who, but that's what they said. Which maybe he's just in oh. the crowd somewhere or something. I don't know. Maybe. Which maybe be... I mean, you could hide a ton of Easter eggs yeah. in that crowd. Absolutely, I mean... you could. <laughs> I'm sure there's the... just tons of them. Man, the the world building they did with Sakar and you know the the whole sci-fi fantasy thing it it really ties in what they had been doing with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. And like building this whole extended weird galaxy. But here's the deal. Here's my problem. <laughs> it's all it all looks the same. It looks like that could have been in the new Star Wars with the way they do aliens, which I think sucks. Um, it looks like Star Trek. The aliens they use in Star Trek. It looks no, like No, Star Trek is all like humans with different prosthetics put on their foreheads the old star trek but jj star trek not so much uh, that's that's not star trek oh yeah it is it's that's that <laughs> it's that jj aesthetic which i don't like it's not star wars it's more guardiansy and so i'm just looking at it, he's like man you could put this this could be a star wars planet because the aesthetic's so screwed up now um and or or Guardians, which I like. It makes sense because it is in the same universe. But it's not in the same universe as Star Wars. And I don't want to be thinking about... I think I thought of like Rogue One and the aliens they had in Rogue One. A lot of them just had that real cheap, masky, just quickly put together kind of feel to it. I'm like, mm. uh, I kind of like how liked how this was sort of a, you know... Galactic bazaar, yeah, like a galactic synth pop bazaar. Oh, and and <laughs> Valeris too. Valeris, Valerian, kind of had a little Valerian of that one city place marketplace. Yeah. yeah, the. Uh, but they're yeah. all starting to look the same. I'm like, what's what's going on with you people? Stop it. I felt I felt this was a lot more colorful and distinct than those, though. Um, mm, it is definitely colorful. 
But those are colorful. Yeah. Valerian, very colorful. <laughs> very green. <laughs> Valerian is very green? <laughs> no, 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 no. This one. Oh, this one. Green. Oh, with all the Hulk paraphernalia or fandom yes. stuff, which was very funny. Yes. <laughs> the fandom stuff. That was. <laughs> it was very funny. That was very funny. Uh, but yeah, I, that part. I mean, I liked it in the trailer, and then I was like, well, I don't know how much of that we're going to see, but there was a lot of it. And I'm like, ah, it's just all starting to feel the same to me now, and I don't, mm, I don't like it. I don't, hmm. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the new sci-fi aesthetic that everybody's just going to do now, because that's how we do sci-fi. But it's... Well, for how many of these has Weta done the effects for? I don't know. Because... I mean, I don't know. I'm wondering if it's... They ain't doing Star Wars. No, no. That's... Come on. <laughs> but but see, now here, here's part of it. The 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 lead designers for that now, while LucasArts or Lucas... What the heck are they called? Lucas... Not, no. Um, Industrial Light and Magic are going to be doing some of it. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's being done by JJ's production team, group, company, or whatever it's called. And that's why the aesthetic changed for Star Wars The Force Awakens. And I was just like, oh, that's why. Because it didn't make sense. Like, this feels like a different place. Yeah, I was wondering how much crossover of artists there might be. Could be. So maybe it could be, you know, people working in the same camps. Could be. There being some crossover of ideas of what, you know, the galaxy looks like. Could be. But come on. I mean, really? <laughs> Just pick something that doesn't look like something else, right? I don't know. There was, I felt there was something distinct about this iteration of it. Um, it's like a variation, but they feel too related. Like before... It's like a more carnival-y variation, though, and I really dug it. I guess it. I guess. I guess. But it, I guess <laughs> it just feels like it could be connect. Like you could jump from Jakku. It's your turn to say it's complicated. It, it's not complicated. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's too simple is the problem. They look too related. <laughs> they look too related for me. Uh, so at first I liked it, and then the more it went on, I was like, oh, this kind of feels. It feels a little too samey for me because mm. there's I mean you could do any billions of different design styles but they're just all kind of merging together but that could just be me I don't know uh, anything else I'm sure there's a ton else we could talk about but I can't think of anything right now yeah I think we've covered we've covered the the big points that's for sure enough with the Led Zeppelin enough with it until the next <laughs> Guardians film <laughs> <laughs> They'll have to pull something in there. Uh, but I hope that trend... I loved it in Guardians, the Volume 1. A little bit too much in Volume 2. Uh, you know, here's one thing I, I want to say. I This score, I thought, even though Michael Giacchino was, did the score for Doctor Strange, this score kind of delivered a little bit more of the vibe that I thought Doctor Strange was going to deliver. But because of that first track they released the mystery of whatever the last track on the Doctor Strange you know with that 60s vibe and the harpsichord and all of that 
kind of had that quirky kind of feel. I, and then the but rest... They, they didn't use any of Giacchino's Doctor Strange music in this, even though... Right. We are in the spoiler section, so, yeah. I mean, Stephen Strange shows up. Um, that's all Bach, I think. Okay. Now, yeah. but... but I, Which is all the harpsichord. Right. Well, that, that's <laughs> smart, because that's the thing that I remember from Doctor Strange. But that... but. I thought the Doctor Strange score in Doctor Strange itself was going to be a little more like what we got here in in Thor, not the eighty synth, oh, but the but yeah. the quirkiness of it all, more than the big. Which I like the score, but I thought we were gonna when, we, when they released that first track from Doctor Strange, it was like, oh, this is gonna be really different, and I loved it, but really didn't get that too much. Uh, in the in the Doctor Strange score, so this kind of went to the next level on that quirky and obviously with an '80s vibe to it. Yeah, this definitely had like a uh, a real saffiness <laughs> to it for saffiness. me. Saffiness. Yeah. And, and then when you get to the big orchestral stuff, which seems to happen in the more dramatic moments and more of the Hella stuff. By the way. The I wish the the scenes the flashback scenes weren't flashback scenes. I wish we got to see that all play out because in the trailer those were the moments I wanted to see the most. Like when the Valkyries were fighting Hela and all of just mm-hmm. that shot was just man. I was like that. That's what I want to see. Too bad it was just a flashback. But yeah, it seemed like most they saved all the dramatic music. It was for, very exposition heavy. Yeah, it was. Um. Oh, oh, speaking of action, um, that was another thing I did want to say. I'm not a fan of the uh, fight sequences that they're doing where it looks like a video game. Oh, God. Um, it's like all animated yes. and it's really distracting. It's terrible. I don't know if you saw it in 3D or 2D. 2D. I saw it in 2D. 2D. And, God. So lazy. It's, guys. I mean... If it looks better in a video game, then it should not look like this on a screen in a movie. It's just... It's just lazy. Just stunts. Just yeah. stunts. Ever since uh, Matrix Reloaded, although I loved that scene so much, I didn't care that they all looked fake. Because at least you could tell what was going on. They didn't try to hide the person, or especially their face. But, it, mm-hmm. but here, they're just hiding her by, you know... Whipping the camera yeah. around and spinning everything around and having too many people. And so then can't. when you do look at them, they look like Gumby. Yes. It's weird. Yes. It's so weird. Yes. Uh, and I, you, It doesn't even get to Uncanny Valley no. because you're just like, that is not a person. Right. Yep. <laughs> I don't I don't know why they continue to do it. I guess because most people don't seem to mind it and they think it's cool. But, it is not cool, but guys. The, but the chore- if the choreography doesn't isn't special, I mean, yeah, you probably couldn't do those shots, those exact shots, any other way. But it's like just get a fight choreographer, and then just bring in the CG when they do something that's impossible. But we got to have more, more reality in it. Yeah, I mean, we have great cinematographers. Mm-hmm. There are great choreographers yep there are great trainers and stunt people yep but now they <laughs> can just say ah, we'll just come up with whatever we can think of we'll tell our conceptual designers to do something uh, and then our cg artists or, or 
motion capture or however they're doing it. And we'll just do it on the computer. If it it looks bad now in 10 years, it's just going to Uh, be just awful. uh, I mean, yeah. Too way too even in the Avengers there was some of that. There's just it's just like stop stop doing that. Just don't do those yeah. shots. Some some shots are like not even necessary. It's like we want to show Black Panther jumping down from the top of this building to this this floor, and it's like that looks so fake. Just do it a different way, or don't show yeah. it. You know, just don't show it. Save yourself some C- CG rendering time and just cut. Yeah, cut to him on the I ground. Mean, if you watch something like Daredevil on Netflix, there are some really fantastic, practical, choreographed yeah. fight sequences. Yeah. And if you do something like that on a cinematic level, I think that would be much more impressive. Oh, sure. I mean, that's the th- only thing I'm not looking forward to in Black Panther, because that's all it is in the whole trailer. It's just like CG Black Panther. Mm. And it's like, it just doesn't look, I'm not convinced even a little bit. But I'm like, whatever. I want to see the story. I want to see what happens. Action. You really want to see Black Panther. Say what? You do? Uh, yeah. I think it's going to be awesome. But yeah. the action is going to be Marvel CGI action. I just, it's already clear that that's what's happening. So whatever. Um, but I'm with you. Um, I wasn't with that scene. And it wasn't. I mean, you would think the goddess of death would just, just like, blink her eyes and everyone would just fall over <laughs> why would you have to yeah. have a martial arts fight yeah, or they would like disintegrate into that <laughs> yeah. pixie dust yeah. that apparently they turn into which would have been a lot more menacing although and scary. none of them turned into that that's true that they didn't i guess you have you have to die on the good side oh they all did die on the good side i don't know Paula didn't die on the good side and she disintegrated that's true there's no consistency in their in their mm. deaths but yeah there's just i don't know i guess they had to have action so let's have an action scene of them fighting um what was i gonna say about that though sif where was sif no idea she just wasn't in the movie where was sif that came up in a conversation i had after it and i mean maybe she went to earth she was she was an agent of shield Shield, so maybe she stayed there she didn't die in that episode. Nope. So maybe she stayed on Earth. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe she joined the Inhumans and then got canceled. <laughs> 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 so she doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I was waiting for her to show up and then die. I'm glad she didn't show up and die. Uh, every, yeah, because they killed. She killed by Warriors of Three. Yeah, they just got toasted. Did they even have a line other than "Oh no"? <laughs> or Zachary, oh. Zachary Levi shows up for like all of three seconds. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just toasting those people. Oh God! But there was something else I was going to say. Doggone, I can't remember. Um. Oh well, I think we've done a. I think we've done a, a fair, a fair job of of scouring this film for talkable talking points <laughs> yes so we'll wrap it up there Kristen thanks again thanks for your list Thank it makes you. me want to go back and watch the film again and pick up on more of these little hints um, yeah oh I just I just love it just movies like this that let me pick it apart on a musical level mm-hmm. it's such a fun little don't get puzzle. to do it I very often it. that's for sure i know <laughs> i mean star wars lord of the rings 
Mm-hmm. And this could have been that if, I mean, the MCU as a whole, if they wanted to. But no, they didn't want to. Nope. Um, so anyway, we hope uh, you all enjoyed this conversation about Thor Ragnarok, this bonus track. Uh, let us know what you thought of the film and the score. Which of the Thor films or scores you like the best? What did you think of Mark Mothersbaugh's approach? Does, was the score memorable to you outside of the film itself? When you listen to the score, can you remember specific scenes? Let us know. Uh, we've given you all kinds of ways to contact us, so just rewind if that's how you do these things and yep. find those ways to contact us. So um, thanks again for listening to the bonus track, and we'll see you or talk to you in the next episode.